I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. A little preview today of the new episode of the off-season. Myself and Maddie the Waterboy with our guest that came on, the West Tigers ball player Jackson Hastings. We go through and talk about the most underrated ball players of all time. This this chat went for about an hour and a half, so we're going to break it into two parts for you. The first part will be available Sunday afternoon on YouTube. Then the next one will be available on Wednesday night. So two absolute crackers coming to you. Some of the deepest dives into rugby league halves that you will hear coming from three absolute rugby league desperates. And thankfully, one of us can actually play. The great Jackson Hastings from the West Tigers, a champion, champion bloke. I think you'll really love his input. Uh, he just gives us a completely new angle on the art of ball playing throughout this potty. It's an absolute cracker. I'll hand it over now. It's a little preview. Remember, this one drops Sunday, 4 p.m. on Rugby League Guru YouTube. Cooper Cronk obviously started at the Melbourne Storm. I'm not doing Cooper Cronk, but Cooper Cronk started at the Melbourne Storm. I think he came in the 05 season, I think it was, and people forget the halfback before him. Yeah, I know you're going to say Yeah, Sam. Matty Orford. Uh, Oh, yeah. Similar to Brent Sherwin, just never got to play State of Origin because of so many star halfbacks, but... Mate, I thought the Ox was incredible. Tough, obviously, his nickname. Yeah. Tough as nails, the Ox. As uh, at the Melbourne Storm, went to the Manly Seagulls and the 2008 season. When you consider some of the halves running around that season, he is he won the Dalian medal that year and then captained that side to a 40-nil drumming yeah. of a Melbourne Storm team that was cheating. Yep. He was an absolute master at his craft, Matty Orford. He didn't get the Clive ever, did he? Brent no, Kite Brent got it, didn't fucking, he? Yeah, I still, uh, respectfully to Brent Kite, I don't know how on earth in a 40 nil jumping a front row forward. Yeah, right. Yeah. I thought Orford was sensational. Yeah, I do as well. As well. And yeah. I, th- I think like the mark of a good player, like what you just said, sorry to cut you off, mate, when you're coming up against people like Cronk, Slater, Smith, like the team that Melbourne had, it's so easy to get, regardless if players want to say it or not, when you're coming up against an elite, well-known, all-time great player, it's hard not to give them that respect or, or feel a little bit overawed in the sense that I don't know what this guy's got in his kit bag or what he can bring out on the big stage. And for him to do that against those three in particular 
and you got to remember the supporting cast at Melbourne weren't bad either. I think it shows the the mark of the man. And like Manly have had so many good halfbacks. Obviously, Cherry's been there for how long's Chess played for? 12, 13 years. Yeah, he's been there since two thousand eleven. And then like like you had Jeff Tuvey before that. Like I mean, so to, he probably gets lost a little bit in in terms of he played in between them two, but I think he was. So unbelievably tough. Like in terms of toughest halfbacks, mainly obviously I just named two of them. Like he's pound for pound, probably up there with one of the toughest to play. I think he's one of those guys. You know, we all talk about that manly side and how good they were from that 07 to eleven, but his name never gets thrown around. It's no, always yeah. the Stewarts, the Lions, the Mad Eyes, these sort of guys, which is fair enough. All classy, fantastic players. And then Ches and Foz come along, and it's like we. I feel like Orford is one of the more forgotten guys in rugby league history because he's the guy before Cooper Cronk yeah. and then he's the guy before Ches sure, and all these guys come yeah. in. So people sort of forget about him. Just on that 2008 grand final, I think it would have been an unreal moment for Orford. And as I said, I think he's the forgotten man because he came. He was the guy before Cooper Cronk. You know who captained Melbourne that day? In, uh, Remember Cameron Smith was out. He was suspended. Oh, yeah, he was too. Um, this is a trick question, nah. I've kind, of, I've kind of given you the answer, so don't now think the room here. Matt Orford. No, he played against no. him. So it was Cooper Cronk was a captain that day. Oh, right, sorry. So yeah. I reckon it would be something that Orford had looked back in his career and sort of go, yeah. got a one-up that day. Yeah, for against sure. Against a cheating Melbourne Storm side. Uh, yeah, so unlike You know, he was a cracking goal kicker as well, Matty Orford. Oh, yeah, he was too, yeah. And now, I, I'm not sure. There, it was towards the back end of his career as Brett Stewart started to come on. Those two had a combination – that was close to unmatched. Yeah. Those two are incredible. There's that try, I think it's at Leichhardt Overly, puts like a, a midfield banana kick bomb yeah, back straight to up the middle, that. just sits on its belly, yeah, yeah. and uh, Snake comes through and gets it. They had another one where a, a couple of flick passes he threw around his back yeah. to Snake and some unbelievable moments. I think Matty Orford, incredibly unlucky to never play Origin. Matty? Just on, yeah. Yeah. If we go straight back, like right back to the start of his career, you say he got a little one up, one up on uh, Cooper Cronk. He got a little one up on Brecken Morley as well, because he came through the North grades. And Brecken Morley, everyone forgets, played one year at the Northern Eagles in two thousand one, yeah. and that's the reason Orford left North Manly. Blah blah blah. And then he went to uh, Melbourne. Brecken Morley had had a great career, but like obviously that year wasn't great for anyone at the Northern Eagles. And yeah. then Matt Orford. Steps in, he becomes the halfback and breaks a bunch of point scoring records. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting story about how he got to uh, got to Melbourne as well. Now, he played for three NRL clubs, four sorry, oh, four, uh, three if you want to count Northern Eagles and Manly is the same thing. I'll offend everyone out there. Who was the other club he played for? Do you know, Matty? I do because I, I for some reason I have this in my head ingrained forever. This will test your uh, yeah, how much of a rugby league nerd you are. He finished his career at a different club. So he played for Melbourne, he played for Manly. So he played for three clubs? Yeah, so he he, he started the Northern Eagles, then he went to Melbourne, then he went to Manly, and then did he go over to the he Super, went to League? Super League? Super League. Did he? Yeah. Yep. Who did he play for there? Uh, Bradford. Yep. Oh, did he? Played for Bradford in 2010, then he came back to the NRL. He only played six games, and respectfully oh. too, Matt, he was a pretty bang average six games. He was, I think he was carrying an injury and stuff. Was yeah, it New South Wales or Queensland? New South Wales team. Well, technically, yeah, well, now it's giving it away. Time, <laughs> don't know how good oh, right geography is. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I actually do remember that. What year was that? Two thousand eleven. Was that when yeah. Campo was the man at the Raiders, or was that bef- before? Uh, 
I mean, it was around the same. It was around the same time. Yeah, yeah. He, he played five games. Campbell, Campbell killed it a little earlier than so that. So who was the half? Who was the actual? Who took over, or who was the half at the Raiders that year? Um, it wasn't. Um, who's the fellow that ran on and protested the other day? Oh, oh fuck. What's his name? <laughs> Josh McCrone was his halves partner that year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Sammy Williams came in later ah, in the right, season. Yeah. But he only, he only played six games that year. Yeah. Like, he didn't play the whole season. No, it wasn't, it wasn't overly pretty. Not what we remember the great Ox for, though. Yeah. I think it's 2008, the real uh, cherry on top there. Um, now, I've got one more I just want to throw in there that's real old school, but I think not enough people know his story, which I think is incredible. We obviously know Josh and Brett Morris. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Two of the greatest outside backs we've ever seen. And I think when we talk about great families, people sleep on his old man. People sleep on his old man so much. So I'll take you back. He, in, what is it, 1978, he's playing for the Dapto Canaries down there, right? Did you know this whole – you probably know it better than me. My, my dad – yeah, so my dad and Slippery were were pretty oh, – not. I wouldn't say bitter rivals, but I think they've had a few blues in the day. My dad captain coached the Canaries, but when – Slippery was at the Dragons and my dad was at the Roosters. They had some, they had some ding dongs. There's one on YouTube where I think, I think Dad uh, gets him gets him all right. But I grew up with Brett. Um, sorry, not Brett. I grew up with Matt Morris, who's stepbrothers to Brett and Josh, yep. and Dylan Morris, who's the youngest one. Again, and they played for the Kaima Knights, and I played for um, Albion Park. So I've known the Morris family for for years. But sorry, yeah. Well, in 1978, he's he's playing halfback for Dapto. Yeah. 1979, St. George bring him into first grade. He wins Dallium Player of the Year and he wins the Clive Churchill equivalent in a grand final victory. His Fair first year. year at halfback. And then five years later, I think he wins back-to-back Dallium Winger of the Year. Yeah, we're, I, I don't get that trans... I was about to say, I don't think, I don't think there'd be anyone else that has ever gone Dallium halfback into Dallium Winger or vice versa. Just look on Twitter, I could never play wing too slow. But <laughs> where's the where's the transition there? Like, I don't... I don't actually yeah. get the transition from when he was halfback to, to wing. Uh, he, he got, in like 1981, he went from halfback to centre and then end, ended up on the sting. So, it wow. Was it was fast. That's it's, all fast too. Like the two younger brothers are quick, man. Well, that's what, When you go and watch th- this guy's highlights, Slippery, unbelievable. It's lightning quick. And that one year went from playing park football to a Dalian medal, man of the match grand final and takes out the company's first year as a halfback in first grade, and then he went on to play more games as a winger than he did. He played 150 games as a winger, 99 as a halfback. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible family. He still lives down in Kaima, actually, yeah. partner Stace. So it's a pretty good family. Like the two the two younger boys, obviously there's Brett and Josh, but the two younger boys are, were, were very talented too. Um, How old are they? Are they your age? Or? Nah, Maddie's, oh, Maddie's 27 and Dill would be 20. How old am I? 26. I reckon Dill's 24. And um, Dylan actually went over to England for a bit to play, I'm pretty sure, in like the lower grades. I don't know if he's still there or not, but um, Maddie stopped playing. Oh, they play, I think they might play local first grade for Climber, maybe mm. still, but unbelievable family. Like that, those two boys were, were so talented as well, and just obviously not everyone can make it, unfortunately. And um, they sort of fell to the wayside a little bit, but yeah, Slippery um, still gets around in Climber there, local, local boy. But he played for the Dapto Canaries, which we don't like. <laughs> we don't like that. <laughs> when though. you think about a father and his two sons all play for the Kangaroos. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Josh didn't win a premiership, but between them they would have had three or four premierships. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, they, I, I think as far as the best families ever, they're probably not spoken about enough because people don't realise how good Slippery was. Maddie, did you have anyone else on your list that uh, didn't get a bait today? No. So I, so Maddie Orford was my, my reserve. Which we which we've spoken about. I had I wrote down 
very quickly I wrote down John Sutton, but that might be because I'm a South fan and he didn't really play in the halves for like more than half his career. So, yeah, that's why I left him out. Jack, who did you have, mate, that didn't get a feature? I got Craig Gower. Yeah. Mm. And then I, I I wrote Ben Hunt. Wow. I wrote Ben I'm a huge Ben Hunt fan. Oh, I've said this to Ben Hunt, so <laughs> I actually, when we played him this year, it was the first time since like 2015 that I got to play against Ben Hunt. Um, he was at the Broncos last time I played him. I was only 19. I remember we played him at uh, we played him at home. Oh, and then they slapped us in the the prelim. They beat us by 40. We should have played in the grand final that year. Our team was unbelievable. But anyway, I remember walking up to him at the end of the game. We played on the same side of the field, and obviously he was. Well, his whole year was fantastic, but the start of the year he was flying. And I was I was like, oh, I've got to try and get into Ben Hunt. I just couldn't get anywhere near him. Built low to the ground, stocky. And at the end of the game, I just walked up to him. I said, mate, you're my favourite player. I didn't know how he was going to take it, where he was going to be like, what the hell? What the fuck are you on about? <laughs> or, 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 but, like, he was – the way he received it made me feel good. Like, he just didn't make me feel like a like a weird fanboy or anything. He just said how much he appreciated it. And then randomly a couple of months later, I did a VB ad with him, and he's just so down to earth. But um, watching the way he played Origin actually gave me a bit of hope when I – I know I keep joking about it – when I actually moved to lock, obviously watching how he played and got around the field and stuff. But I think – Everyone always is going to give him shit for the for the GF thing and don't want to harp on it because you don't like seeing people talk about it. But I think he proved this year that he's not only one of the best halfbacks in the comp, but he sort of got lost in that topic of how good he, his career's been at halfback too because he's played so many games off the bench and stuff like that for the Broncos. But, you know, ultimately he could have won that grand final back back when he played, obviously against Thurston, which would have been a massive scalp for him to have on the, on the resume and, and things happen, but... Yeah, I had Benny Hunt in there, as well as obviously Craig Gower. You mentioned that 2015 grand final, and I will harp on about it because I'll defend Ben Hunt till the fucking cows come home. Yeah. I'll die on this hill that – I don't think – if he wasn't in that team, Brisbane aren't a top four side that year. Nah, yeah. He was unbelievable. And you talk about that 2015 grand final, if Brisbane would have won it, I reckon it's one of the biggest sliding doors moment in rugby league history. Yeah. I reckon if they win that, Wayne probably never leaves. Yeah. I reckon he'd still be there. Ben Hunt, he becomes a premiership-working halfback at the Broncos. Tell me where the career of Anthony Mill. I'll tell you what, if, if Brisbane win that grand final, Milford is a premiership winner and he's a Clive Churchill medalist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just I just know from playing against Ben Hunt that year and then watching his career and then playing against him now, like how much he's grown. So he yeah. was a fantastic player then. And then obviously extremely unlucky that Nico Hines had obviously arguably the best year ever in terms of the Dally M points voting. Ben Hunt was was unbelievable. So um and then Craig Gower, you would have watched Craig Gower a lot, eh? Yeah, yeah. He was so tough, man. Like he's like not the OG tough halfback, but he, him and Joey were the two that used used to smash back rowers. And then obviously now he's boxing and, and doing stuff like that, which is pretty cool. But I just love watching Craig Gower play. Like, low, well, he's not really low to the ground, is he? Like he's stocky built, but like he's not a small bloke by any stretch. And um, yeah, he was hard as nails. That's what I remember most about him. Just watching Penrith play and how tough they were. Like they had the pull of tour brothers. Reese Wesser, Preston. Is that when Preston won the Dally M? Nah, I think I'll he won to it. him in a minute. He's, yeah. a, he's an unlucky one for me that we didn't mention. Oh, yeah, Preston. Yeah, yeah. I had Preston. He, he oh, won. sorry, no. He played seven when he won it, didn't he, Preston? Yeah, that's what yeah, I was going to He, he won Dally M 2001 when he was playing halfback. That's right, yeah. Dollar. So yeah. he's another one that he obviously went up to the Gold Coast, played a bit of 5'8", played a bit of fullback, um, champion player Preston. Some other names I had written down here. Remember Michael Monaghan? Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. You I talk do. you talk about tough motherfuckers. Yeah. Michael Monaghan, he, he played a lot of hooker, but he played more halfback than he did hooker at Manly. He was tough as nails. Did, was he at the club at all when you were there? Was he nah, in the coaching he, staff? He, he was there after Trent went, I think. I think he went back with Desi. Yeah. Um, but I I watched him play a fair bit when he played for Warrington. Over in the Super League, he was like, when they say toughest nails, yeah, man. <laughs> Mate, and like respectfully, whenever people talk about the Monahams, they talk about Joel. Yeah, Michael was the one to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, he, he good, could mate. play. He was a good footballer. Preston Campbell I had on there. I had Brett Kamali as well. We actually spoke about him yeah. pre-show. That, yeah. You know, he's done it all. Brett Kamali, he's won a comp. He's Clive Churchill medalist. Although I think a lot of the time people forget that. He left, I think he was at the Hunter Mariners. Yep. He came down with Scott Hill to the Melbourne Storm, you know, and it seems so normal now, the Melbourne Storm, but putting a franchise in the rugby league desert yeah. then winning a comp two years later off the back of the halfback. Yeah. Unbelievable career, Brett Be- Kamali. Unfortunately, we, we remember a lot of people remember him for the intercept thrown to Matt Bowen. Um, for me, though, I look at that moment and go, fuck, to be that late in the game and yeah. have the mindset, I'm going to try and throw this pass to win this game. Yeah, it's That pretty, says it all. And like to be able to keep Andrew Johnson hooker and not halfback for the amount of rep games that, that Noddy got to play is... Pretty much the mark of what he was as a player, which was outstanding too. So, the the thing about Noddy too, it shows like how good of a bloke he is that he can talk about that moment. And no one obviously brought it up to take the piss because it's just one disrespectful, and two, the career he's had shits on seventy five to eighty percent of people that have ever played the game. But the he um he can joke about that moment, which yeah. shows how far far he's come to, and he's just a top bloke as well as a good player. Another one I had on this list, uh, and I, he, when he was at his peak, I thought he was sensational. Old Penrith halfback, Luke Walsh. Oh, he's another one I've played against. I played for the Roosters in 2015 World Club Challenge against St. Helens. Mm. We did we touched them up. We had, a, we had a fair side, obviously. But Luke Walsh's kicking game, we talk about like kicking game from sort of 30 to try line. He used to set up that many tries, didn't he? Yep. He, yeah, Luke Walsh was a freak. Well, him coming, I, I believe they always say up in Newcastle, coming from the juniors, it was always Luke Walsh and Jared Mullen in the same yeah, teams. Right. And then I think Brian Smith shipped off Luke Walsh and yeah. I don't think they and Newcastle ever forgave Brian Smith. Was Luke Walsh the one at Penrith that used to come out with um, different coloured boots? Yes. Was that him? Yeah. He used to have, yeah. wear one. I remember there was that blue. one year where Penrith just had enough, I think it was 2011, they had Petra seven receiver, Luke Walsh was the halfback. I think they finished second on the ladder. Was that the year just before Luke Lewis left? I think so. Yeah, right. they, they jumped out of the ground all of a sudden out of nowhere. I think Matty Elliott might have been the coach. Do your own research. Michael Gordon fullback. Was yeah, that Mick year? Gordon. Yeah. But, and it, it was it was during that period that Petra Sevenasiva came yep. down there. It was it was and he was great that year. Luke Walsh. Another one I had was Matty Head from the Dragons. Oh yeah, he's a. <laughs> Matty Head used to eat meat pies and drink cans of Coke and was our <laughs> high school football coach, believe it or not. He used to sit on the hill because he was that smart. He'd just sit back with a meat pie, do this, do that. <laughs> but um, I'll never ever – I was at that Anzac Day game when he kicked the goal from the sideline. Like crazy. I will never ever forget it. And just like – he just put on the tee, just stuck it there, just walked back, looked at the post, just walked in and kicked it. And he didn't even look surprised at how easy it went over. No. Not to mention he was the one that put in the chip, chip before chase, that. Yeah. Even the pass to Matty Cooper. Yeah. That was a cracker too. Great player. Um, yeah, mate, good. the last one I had on this list, and this one might be a little bit controversial, he might actually be potentially the best player we've spoken about today. But I just think that when we talk about the goats of the 2000s, we talk Freddie, yep. talk Lockie, talk Joey. We should talk Stacey Jones as well, I Oh, think. man. Give the man his flowers, eh? Yeah. yeah. As far as, you know, yes, he was in the top tier – but he's never given enough respect in that top tier that he should get. That grand final try, 
That grand final try he scored was like unbelievable. Like when you talk about like talented halves to come out of, well, we always speak about Australia because you obviously the NRL most teams have, but like New Zealand have produced so many talented halves. Like obviously Stacey and Benji, Shawnee, we've spoken about. They're they're just three off the top of my head because of they played in an era that I was watching, but. Um, watching Stacey play in an era where it was bash and barge and, and the ref sort of let it go a little bit in the early 2000s and for someone of his stature, like in terms of height, and he obviously wasn't the biggest man in the world, his skill set, as you said, probably we talk about Sherwin and we talk about Scott Prince, but in terms of actual skill set of putting people through holes and that, there wouldn't be too many players in the history of the game, I don't think, that were as good at it as what Stacey was. And, and knowing your ability, knowing that, you got to take the line at the right time so you're going to get smashed or you grubber. Like, he had a great short-kicking game. But, like, in, oh, I, there's, there's got to be an immortal soon. Like, and Benji gets spoken about a lot. But Stacey's career, man, like, just – I don't know why. I don't know why it doesn't get talked about as much as what it should, but he was so unbelievably gifted, man, for a little fella too. you just got to tip your cap to people that can do what he did. How many tests do you reckon he played for the Kiwis? No. Uh, Started in 95, finished in 06. Was he one of the boys that played 50 or not? Just fell short. Yeah, 46. 40 something. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned that try in that grand final. And um, I, I often think about that try and Cody Walker's against the Penrith Panthers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if those, if the Pan, if the Rabbitohs and the Warriors win those grand finals, I think they are like iconic. Scott Sattler moments. Yeah. yeah, they're iconic moments for sure. Like Stacey's one was. Just got it, weave, weave, weave. Did he step the fullback or did he just run around him? He just, done one. He, he, he had, I think it was Mick Crocker and Brad Fittler and Luke Phillips, and he just weaved around them. But before that, he threw the dummy where he froze. Yeah. And everyone just went into He done that, eh? He like done like yeah, a semi roundabout. Yeah. yeah, and they everyone on the field just froze for a split second. He went straight I, through. I just it. remember how he used to wear, obviously, they wore the white shorts and they were, they were big, and he wore the big forearm yeah. guard, never looked rattled, but... Um, Cody Walker's try last year in the grand final, individual brilliance-wise is – oh, sorry, year before or whatever year it was, was one of the best tries. Of, like, Nathan Cleary would be considered as the best defensive half in the comp. To get rid of him the way he did was one thing. And then to put on the the gas and score, man, against a Penrith side over the last three years who have been arguably the greatest side over the last 20 or so in terms of what they've been able to do. Yeah, you're right, those two tries. And – I need you to Google this yes. eventually. Oh, I don't know if they'll show it. Salford Red, I'm not saying this because I played. It would probably be extended highlights. Tuilola, he is no try in the 2019 Grand Final in Super League. I don't know if you would have seen it either. If that got given try, I'm happy to say it's probably one of the greatest big game tries I've ever seen. I'd, you'd have to go through it. I'll show you. I'll be able to find it and show you after. But he went, he went dummy, left foot, left foot, right foot, right foot, left foot, left foot, goosey, try. And got disallowed because the St. Helens guy pushed his teammate in front of him. <laughs> Fuck that. But, like, God. it just, yeah, to be able to move, like, I wish I could move like these boys, man. <laughs> I think the other thing with Stacey, and I, I'm, I'm keen to hear what you say in response to this, like, he played in a team that was so unstructured. Yeah. Like, it might, like I, I imagine being a halfback, it must have been a little bit of a nightmare, but you have to be very self-aware to understand that I just have to, I have to fit in with these guys. Yeah, and, that, and that's the purity of what I was talking about in terms of like rugby league's this game that got made. So it went from from that, flat and fast. He had big forwards, big OBs. He'd get a lot of quick rucks where he could whip it to his strike centre or, or fullback or whoever it was. And then 
you get to a point in, was it the mid-2000s, you reckon, where the game sort of started to become a bit more structured? Yeah, I'd say 03, 04, around that. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then the block play was the play, and because people had never seen it before, but then now the... Sh- the obstruction rule, no one, no one kind of gets it. Still, like mm, yeah. you know, like there was a try. What game was it this year? Where, <laughs> oh, off the scrum, Penrith try. See, I think it was a try, Dylan Edwards try against Souths. Was it? You yeah, know, the one where Isaac Tungo went. Someone made yeah. a bad read, and uh, although we caught on the inside, people were like, well, that's just. But if you're actually watching the game and the game that we love, that's a try every day of the week. It's a poor read by the centre. I don't really think it matters if he catches on the inside slightly or not. Personally, as a player. I think if you make a bad read, you shouldn't get the liberty of being able to hit him and fall and, and mm. throw your arms about. You know, as a halfback or a former halfback like myself, <laughs> <laughs> I know, obviously know. We're going to have to get you on my diet for a couple of weeks, I think, to get you in the pack. Having like a good back row or run a hard lead line with a – so like at the Roosters, for example, I'll just use them. Like If you've got Angus Crichton running a genuine hard lead line and you've got James Tedesco at the back of it, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot of times you're going to pick the wrong guy. It's as simple as that. And I don't think that we should always give the the privilege, I would say, to the defender of being able to just go, oh, well, the easy option is to just step in front of Angus, hit the deck, and hopefully Teddy catches it behind him so it's no try. I'd like to see that go. And, uh, yeah, you might get more sort of people at the start go, well, what's an obstruction, what's not? But I think we're going to do a better job at, like... That's us now, though. Yeah. Like th- th- we're having the same conversation. Exactly yeah, right, and it's not black or white, is it? Yeah. Like they try to make it black or white, but I feel like that rule could sort of just open it up a bit more. It's not a black and white game. No, it's never not. has been, it never will be, mm. and that's the beauty of it. It's why we're gonna, we are gonna always have controversies and shit that doesn't make sense. But it's because it's not, and that's what makes it so good at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's those little moments that can go either way that decide games. That when you're on the winning side of it, it's great. When you're yeah. on the losing side, it sucks. Or it. Cost you a multi, which we've been there a few times. <laughs> I just I just watched that try, the Lola Hees try. So everyone type in 2019 grand final extended highlights and go to the five minute mark. It'd be it's an injustice for me to try and explain it. That that what, is what, what, crazy. Where would you rate that? Like I mean, without over if, without over exaggerating, that's if it was a try, it'd be better than all the ones we just named. It's good, isn't no it? No doubt. It's fucking crazy. I remember I remember live because he got the ball and Tui's got this like. Uh, do you watch much Super League? You probably wouldn't, would you? No, nah, not really. He the way he's developed from he's when he's always was at, awake for it. He's just not watching it from when yeah. he was at the Tigers on the wing or wherever he was playing at the Tigers, and then he went over to Super League and been able to play of him. Watching how far he's come in as a player is, is unbelievable. But that try, I remember, like I was actually to the left calling for the ball, I think, or something. And then you start seeing Tui do his sing, do his sing, do his sing. You're like, where's he going? And then he scores. Everyone runs in. The ref goes obstruction. Didn't even go to the video, bro. Yeah, but didn't go like, to the video. Yeah, you need to watch it, man. It's so good. Oh. Sick. All right. Are there any other halfbacks you want to throw in there that we didn't mention? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, who were the four that you had written down at the start? What about Joe Williams? Ooh, oh, there's yeah. one for you. You're Have a South fan. Yeah. I, I maybe a bit biased. My brothers grew up with Joey Williams, but like he's someone that natural footballer. Same thing. Like could do could do things on a footy field that not many people could. 
I had I had Tommy Lulawai. Mm. Oh yeah. And again, might be I've got a few that like might be biased, but because I've seen them up close and personal, I feel like I owe them the respect to saying their name. Like I'll go out and easily say Tommy Tommy Lulawai's the greatest defender in Super League NRL combined or any code that says rugby at the start of it ever. And like you could name me. Who could you name? Trevor Gilmaster. You could name people like that to me. And although I wasn't alive to watch the Axe smash people, and my dad's actually told me about Trevor Gilmaster, but my dad also watched me play with Tom Lulawai. So there's about 60 years of watching mm. rugby league combined. Mm. Tommy would hands down be the hardest and best defender I've ever seen. Wow. And he stands at about five foot seven, I'll give him. I don't want to give him too short because he'll come and flog me. But and and then on the back of that, I've never seen anyone go so far into the line. Mm. He does this weird thing. To, oh, it's not weird. It's an unbelievable play. All he do, he catches on a, and he's got this thing where say we're attacking right to left. He'll bounce off his left foot to go into the line, which automatically makes the defender go from there to there. B defender has to check the lead, and just I remember when I played off the back of it, I thought to myself like. I actually wish I could do what he's doing because at one point I'm going to have to hopefully do this for a 5-8 because I was playing that sort of 6 role when he was playing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.